Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Remember this time last year when we were all like, oh my God, I can't wait for 2021. Everything's going to be so much better then. <laughs> How's that working out for you? While the world is still an absolute mess, there is some solace to be taken in the fact that we continue to have great music to listen to, even as society seemingly collapses around us. So as we bid another grueling year goodbye, the great pop culture debate wants to look back and share what we think is some of the best new music of 2021. That isn't COVID weight I put on. I'm just serving up my personal deluxe edition. Wait until you hear my bonus tracks. They're filthy. <laughs> I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please help me welcome our amazing panel. She's had her driver's license for a while now, but still enjoys good car ride. It's Andrea Guerrero. Eric, are you with that blonde girl right now? <laughs> oh, Andrea, I am that blonde girl. Uh, Miss R- <laughs> Miss Rona ain't keeping her down. She is back, back, back again. It's Gary Jackson. Oh snap! We are here, baby. Hi, everyone. We are here. My skin is clear, and this is not an ad for Proactive. Welcome back, Gary. Hey, hey. Uh, it's time to let the children know what time it is. Please welcome back the fabulous Jake Pitticelli. Oh, honey, I've been there, done that, worn that dress, so you know, Mama knows it best. And I saw that dress and you were cinched for the gods. So congrats. We're so glad to have you back, Jake. And finally, we are so excited to welcome a special guest star to the panel. He's a radio host, podcast guest, and professional pain in the ass. It's Zach from, well, a plethora of podcasts. Wow, Eric, you you summed up my entire life in a single sentence. I don't know if I should be impressed or just disappointed in myself. Um, I say both. Why choose? Uh, but, all right. <laughs> seriously, we, we are- Have it all. With exactly have it all we are so pleased to have you for those who don't know zach he is a radio program director and has been in this industry for more than two decades you've worked in a variety of music genres zach where can people find you and listen to more of you uh the best place to follow me is actually through twitter i'm under zach deuce Uh, that's just my on-air persona i guess and that's the easiest way to find whatever podcast i'm i'm a part of and i consistently try to promote other indie podcasts so Come find me or I'll find you. That's that's a threat. It's a, th- a threat and a promise. And that's how we came to know Zach. He's been an amazing champion of the great pop culture debate, our, our little show. So thank you so much, seriously, Zach, for everything. And, and we're, we're so thrilled to have you on board. Well, thank uh, you. So our best of episodes are a little different than our usual format. There's no polls, no brackets. There's barely even any debating. Our panelists are just going to do a pop culture show and tell on our individual top three albums of the year. Do you disagree with some of our picks? Do you want to add your favorites to the discussion? Head to greatpopculturedebate.com and leave a comment on this episode or find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or Facebook and tell us what you think. With that out of the way, let's get to these top threes. I'm going to start in alphabetical order, and that means, Andrea, you're up first. Please tell the folks what type of music generally you gravitate towards so they have a sense of kind of where you're coming from. Thanks, Eric. Um, I listen to... A little bit of everything. I know that's the cop-out answer that everyone gives, but 
literally I'm looking at my top artists for 2021 and in order it was Kanye West, My Chemical Romance, The Smashing Pumpkins, The Mountain Goats, and Meet Me at the Altar. And I know my top 100 songs, there were like some musical tracks in there. Um, There was like Cardi B in there, the Lizzo single from this year. So literally a little bit of everything. Um, So I definitely approach music as if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I try not to judge anyone based off of their music taste, including myself. Um, that being said, the first album I wanted to talk about was Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. Um, first of all, I love this journey for Billie. I love that she was like this gothy, sad teen. And then she came out at the Met Gala this last year in like this old Hollywood glam, beautiful dress. And is is just amazing. Like I was like speechless. It, she's just gorgeous and so talented and so um, uniquely smart. And um, she seems really down to earth. Like she's aware that she's a pop star, but kind of like owns it. Um, and as we know about Billie Eilish, like it was seemingly overnight. She kind of became the most well-known teen in the U.S., possibly the world, and was just under constant scrutiny about her music, um, her body, her choices, and um, her freshman album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go, um, was very much about uh, her struggles with depression and self-harm and just being... 16 17 however old she was um and then she came out with happier than ever this last year and it feels like not a full 180 but like a 140 um the whole album is constructed in a way that makes it interesting and engaging to listen to from top to bottom so compared to when we all fall asleep where do we go this album just really feels like a big fuck you. I won't do what you tell me to the industry and media. She opens with the track getting older where she spotlights her take a drink, iconic hushed whispery tones and laments about the tribulations of being a famous pop star. Um, She sings things I once enjoyed just keep me employed. Now rings through the chorus and the opening track ends with her setting the stage for the rest of the album where she sings. But next week, I hope I'm somewhere laughing for anybody asking. I promise I'll be fine. I've had some trauma, did some things I didn't want to, was too afraid to tell you, but now I think it's time. And then it immediately cuts to the next track with a dog growling (laughs) and her (laughs) taking a deep breath and saying, okay. And it's like, she's like prepping herself for just, um, you know, unleashing to the world, everything that she's been through in the past few years. Um, and the lyrics for this tune uh, are uh, vicious, but the the track itself is not. So some of the lyrics include things like, don't take it out on me. I've got no sympathy, which we've all been to the point where we're like, I don't care anymore. Um, but the track feels like a groovy, sort of like a body roll of a walk down the street. It's really interesting juxtaposition. And then halfway through the album, she has a spoken word interlude called Not My Responsibility that she was playing at her, I think she did like three concerts before COVID hit. Um, And that song holds back zero punches. As we know, Billy's very famous for wearing big oversized clothes, very intentionally so that people couldn't comment on her body. But then obviously people found a way to do that um, and did so even more when she was photographed, um, just seeing wearing regular clothes, jeans and a tank top. So she questions 
Um, do my shoulders provoke you? Does my chest and my stomach, my hips, the body I was born with, is it not what you wanted? Which in the era of Me Too and um, just uh, this feminist rights movement that we've got going on and just generally a civil rights movement that we're all living through is just such a poignant thing for this 18, I think she was 18 when she wrote this, she's 19 now, thing to say that even someone that young has to go through all of this is just sort of heartbreaking. Um, Ultimately, the monologue ends with, uh, or is your opinion of me not my responsibility, which is just a mic drop of a line to like end the song and lead into the second half of the album. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go. No, no, no. I was just going to say, um, <laughs> just on that particular front, I, I find her so politically fascinating mm-hmm. um, to be so young. And I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe she is now repping one of the big design houses, but said, yeah, I'll do that. But you have to promise me that you will no longer use fur. Is that yeah. correct? Os- yep. Oscar de la Renta. Yep. That is amazing for an 18 year old girl, to, excuse me, 18 year old woman to be like, I have incredible agency and, and like pop culture power right now. And I'm going to go ahead and use this at 18. I didn't know how to use like zit cream. Like it's amazing. <laughs> to me what these Seriously. I'm not even joking. Like the, what these young it's people, exactly. Thank you. Well, now I know Jake, um, but um, no, seriously, it, it, I am so in awe of these young artists owning their power and not taking shit. I just, it bowls me over. Congrats. Anyway, go please go ahead, Andrea. Oh, no, I was just going to talk about um, her title track, Happier Than Ever. Um, it starts with the, her angelic vocals, and it's over like this soft guitar singing, when I'm away from you, I'm happier than ever, which, again, we've all been there, done that. Um, and then halfway through the track, the tempo changes, and the guitar turns electric. And she builds into this moment when she's singing about the exhaustion of having to deal with this person, this person's antics, and ultimately peaks with, I don't relate to you because I'd never treat me this shitty. You make me hate this city. And then like the distorted guitars kick in for the second half. And then she just ends the song screaming, just fucking leave me alone, which it feels so cathartic for both the relatability on our end and in defense Mm -hmm. of Billy after we've been through, after she's been through everything that she's been through, she just wants to be left alone by her ex, by the media, by everyone. Um, Ultimately, this album, uh, I think, is just a great follow-up to her freshman album, and it really shows how much she's matured and grown just as a person, and her owning her um, popularity and her fame in a way that I don't think we've seen a lot of people do in this day and age. You know, we've had a lot of like down-to-earth artists and famous people, but I think she's just doing it in a completely different way that I think is really inspiring to teens today. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. I think she is going to be so interesting to watch. I'm so excited. To, yeah, to develop as an artist. That that to me, like that gives me hope for the future. Not to be all corny, but se- seriously. Um, and part of that is me being a Gen Xer being like, hello, children younger than I am. It's your job to fix the world because we're not capable of doing it. Because <laughs> we fucked you. it up. <laughs> well, technically the people before us fucked it up, but we're a bunch of slackers <laughs> and we don't like, I'm sorry, I don't know. Like I can't function, I don't. but, but you're great. So <laughs> go for it, go for it. Um, did anybody else have anything they wanted to chime in about Miss? Eilish I just agree with Andrea um excuse me that she what I love is that she is using her platform for good um like going back to what you said about um the fur and the 
the company that she's like branding a bastard for. I think that's so powerful. Um, and that's the way to do it. And I, and I love that she's so unapologetic about it now. Like mm-hmm. it really is motivating. Yeah. And I do hope that other artists her age and younger will take note and use their platform for, for good in this way as well. Yeah, no, I agree uh, with everything Andrea said. That was a really great summary. Um, I also love the album. And I think what makes Billie so successful is that she's really this anti-pop star. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what people really relate to being the other. Um, And she really represents our generation extremely well. She's very well-spoken. She is not afraid to shy away from politics. She performed at the DNC. um, And then she, you know, led the Met Gala, as we were talking about earlier, with Naomi Osaka and Timothy Chalamet. Um, so again, I just cannot wait to see, um, you know, how her career expands even more. Just if this is our, we're, we're the level she's at with her sophomore album, um, you know, the best is still yet to come for her. And she's such a young artist. Agree. Zach, did you have anything you wanted to say or? Uh, I don't know that much about Billie Eilish because it's, it's more outside of my area of, of music. Not with, not with just work, but just what I listen to. But, um, from what I've heard, I, I, I am intrigued and respect her as an artist. And I love the fact that she is not conforming to what people think that she should be as an artist, that she is taking what she wants and doing what she wants, where so many artists so many times are directed by their label of this is what you have to do and you have to present yourself this way. And she's not doing that. And that I think is a key component as you've touched on that she is able to use this and be an inspiration uh, to a much younger generation than us. Yeah, agreed completely. So thank you, Andrew. You did an amazing job with that. Frankly, I'm over here being like, my notes are not nearly as good as Andrea's. I'm going to completely <laughs> fall. Um, I was like frantically jotting down notes this morning. So <laughs> Well, you killed it, madam. So thank you very much. Um, I'm up next. So for my first album of the year, it's a little bit of a cheat. I will acknowledge that. It is What's Your Pleasure, the Platinum Pleasure Edition by Jesse Ware. What's Your Pleasure, the album originally came out in 2020. But this is the deluxe edition with a bunch of new songs and the whole thing is just fabulous um i said when i nominated this for our culture club which for those of you who are not following us on twitter at culture underscore debate um you are missing out on culture club where every saturday our panelists and our patreon supporters share the various things in pop culture that they're obsessed with that week um so jesse had dropped a new a new song on there and and i put it up and said that if you're gay and you're not listening to Jesse Ware, you are not doing homosexual correctly. And I stand by that. Um, Jesse is just effortlessly cool. Uh, while a great number of pop stars put on an affectation to appear disaffected, there's none of that here. She just embodies this vibe that she's giving off, and it's so authentic to me. Um, and what that vibe is, is it's modern electro disco. And, and by the way, I screwed up the assignment. I didn't say what my kind of particular approach to music is I love pop. I love electro pop. I love dance pop. I love modern disco. And that is Jessie Ware, basically a circle Venn diagram. That's who she is. Um, she is the queen of this type of music. And and I don't think she actually is that well known yet. I think she maybe is more known overseas than she is known here. But if you haven't listened to her and any of those genres interest you, I, I urge you to listen to this album from the swirling, swirling strings of spotlight to the seductive. What's your pleasure to the funky baseline of Ooh La La to the unbelievably catchy hooks in soul control. This album is going to get your ass shaking. And that, that even includes me now. Now Jake can attest to this. We performed together Jake, I have no rhythm. Can you back that up? I mean, I won't say that you do have rhythm. 
that's fair. So take that for what it is. Like I, I can't dance. I can't move. I just jerk arrhythmically. But this album, when I put it on and I'm cooking my dinner at night, it's like the soul of Halston comes down into my body and my kitchen is Studio 54. It's just so good. Every song on it is amazing. And if you have not listened to it, I, I strongly urge you to. Has anybody else listened to Jesse Ware on this podcast? Negative. No. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. If you have not, please do check it out. It's a fabulous album and um, you will not regret it. I'll just say that. So moving on, Gary, you're going to, and I'm going to get this. Is it actually pronounced hotels? It is pronounced hotels. Okay. So before you talk about hotels, (laughs) tell the people what kind of music you generally listen to. And then the floor is yours. So I was thinking about this and I think the older I'm getting, the more I just naturally have to start gravitating to R&B and just like soul music, like storytelling. Um, and so, yeah, the album, my first album um, that deserves all the praise is um, Hotels by Jasmine Sullivan. And the reason that is, is I think people sleep on Jasmine. Um, and I like for years, uh, I don't think that she's gotten her flowers until now. And it makes me so happy to see this album um, and the success of this album for her. Um, so if you if you do know a little bit about Jessie or you don't, she kind of came out with Buster Buster out the at your car. Um, and so she just gone from like revenge, you know, pop music to um, dealing with image um, with her song like Mascara uh, and Mona Lisa into this album, which to me is just about like reclaiming her reclaiming yourself basically um is how i would describe the album um if you if no one's caught her npr tiny desk live performance and i emphasize live she has the vocals um it is incredible and she was uh, awarded npr's album of the year and that says a lot like i think it is so it's so great just to see her getting the success on a larger scale outside, like just the R and B circle of um, music listeners. Um, the the album itself also is um, universally acclaimed now. Um, and what I what I think what I love is that it just weaves stories of like womanhood, sex, betrayal, and ownership of self um, throughout the album. Um, each each song on the album has like a in interlude like intermission of like spoken word um in between them and it's just beautiful just to hear these stories of uh how women one use their bodies to get what they want but like empower it feels empowered um to do so how women feel like sometimes they have to use their bodies to even be seen and so it's just a it's like this juxtaposition of womanhood and obviously not being a woman, it is is a great insight to to see what women go through on a day to day basis, especially women of color. Um, it makes it more empowering to me. Um, but when I like what I another thing I love about this album, why is it's just the best album, is that this is an album that you actually listen to from start to finish. You don't jump in between from track one to track eight. It is every track has an impact on the next song. And it just, you can just close your eyes and just listen to the whole thing. And it is a beautiful, 
beautiful story that Jasmine and these other artists um, have weaved together. Um, and if no one's known this, she won the um, the album of the year so far at the BET Awards, um, the Soul Train Award. She won album of the year, and she's up for the R and B album of the year at the Grammys, this upcoming Grammys. Um, and I'm just, I hope she wins, and I hope she gets her flowers. And she debuted at number four on the Billboard 200. So give it up to my girl, Jasmine Sullivan, for finally getting her flowers and her album, Hotels. Yeah, I have to tell you, Gary, I listened to this album because you nominated it. And I loved it. It is so good. Yes. And you you nailed on the head where you're like, you do not skip songs on this album. You do not put it on shuffle. It is a story. And all of those, you like, we there's been interludes in albums forever, right? People do the spoken word stuff, but these are so effective. It's these real women telling their real stories. And like, you know, it's 2021. You've seen all kinds of stories on TV, movies, et cetera, but these are really riveting and very powerful. And I was just blown away, but not only that, because it's a brilliant idea for a framework for an album, but also just the songs. Her voice is incredible. The songs are beautiful. Yes. It, everything about it is just so well delivered. So thank you for nominating. It's it's fabulous. And it's it, I'm so glad we're talking about it. Uh, does anybody else listen to this one yet? Jake, have you given a spin? I have not, but I will after this podcast. <laughs> That's the goal. That's the goal. And Andrea and, J- and, and Zach, if you have listened and you want to chime in, feel free. If you haven't, that's totally fine. I haven't listened, but... I love uh, an amazing tiny desk. And so that's definitely going to be on my list mm-hmm. now to go check Ooh. out. Please check it out. Perfect. Zach, anything from you? I'm very interested because it is difficult to take an album and actually tell a story with it. So many bands have attempted that and some do a, a, a magnificent job of actually telling a story and other ones can completely mess it up. And sometimes you don't even know you're listening to a story through the album. And that's my favorite ones. So I'm, mm. I'm going to be listening to this. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much, Gary. Jake, you're up next. What you got for me? Oh, oh, Eric, I am so excited to talk about um, this next album. But before that, I will say that the music that I do generally listen to um, is very pop heavy and usually bright, happy pop, or as I like to think of it as as optimism. Although <laughs> I don't really know exactly what my um, you know top genre is because I'm an Apple Music listener and not a <gasps> Spotify whore. Oh, um, you're the one. Oh my god, I'm the worst. I know. I think like my top listened to song is like I'm speaking by. Kamala Harris. I don't know. I don't have to, maybe once Apple Music has an algorithm, I'll find it out. But until then, the music that's the kind of the music that I listen to. And that is a good segue into the album that one of the best albums of the year, if not my favorite, uh, Montero by Little Nas X. And what I love about him is he's just not a singer, a rapper, a social media sensation. He is just a icon and somebody who's gained that status in such a short amount of time you know following up from his critically acclaimed old town road which is the longest running number one song on the billboard charts um he also gained two grammys from that um so he had a big shoes to fill or or rather big heels to fill in this next album and he didn't, didn't just beat the sophomore slump he obliterated it um his first single from the album montero as we all know is just an epic song such a banger it really is just a queer anthem that i am sure will be played in gay clubs for the entirety of my life and that is something that i look forward to his you know i mean i think that 
his not only his lead single the singles that he released but his promotion that he did um you know as we all know from the uber eats commercial that's on all the time with elton john you don't look broke um (laughs) they kill me they slay me those commercials are hilarious they are insane they are so good and um i mean he also does feature elton john on his album so um i love seeing that collaboration between you know these two uh queer music icons um i think that's really amazing um he also did the satanic shoes where he had actual blood in them um with a nike and you know i just think he's looking to get attention in any you know he is not afraid to be an attention whore and i love that about him because i'm the same way um he also has what is more 2021 than being an attention whore i'm sorry i really can't think of anything else maybe like a booster shot yes Um, He also did a stint on Maury. And let's not forget, when he released this album, he was pregnant with it. He gave birth to Montier. Do we all remember that when he was pregnant? Yes. But what I love is that he is such a philanthropist as well. He created a baby registry to gather donations for various LGBT charities for each song that was released. And so not only did he do something, uh, you know, charitable, um, with his, you know, I love an artist that is, isn't just makes it more than just about their music and the work, but something a greater cause. And I think because Lil Nas X knows that he is, you know, speaking to this generation of queer kids, um, you know, he's really using his platform um, to, to promote that. And I think that's amazing. I think this album is bold. It's heartfelt. Um, it's really, you know, it, it talks about his journey of coming out and, you know, even one of the the records, the art of realization, the art of, you know, it's of him realizing who he is, what his power is, kind of while we were alluding to Billie Eilish. Um, and, you know, also similar to Billie Eilish, when he was at the Met Gala, he did three reveals on the carpet and it was everything that i could have ever asked for i mean lady gaga's over here being like who's done that before um but it was still amazing (laughs) and his collaborations on the on his album with miley cyrus elton john doja cat megan the stallion i mean come on um that he just kept bringing it i mean just when i thought um you know i couldn't like this album more i listened to it again um and i like it even better and and that's what i want no pun that's what i want yeah no seriously Go ahead. Sorry, Jake. No, and his live performances that came along with all of his um, his recordings and his music videos. Uh, I mean, sliding down a stripper pole to give Satan a lap dance and then getting fucked um, in a locker room shower from That's What I Want. I mean, that is the content that I need in my life to get me through this pandemic. Oh, God, I miss my 20s. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, um, yeah, I have to tell you, Jake, Every so I will be, I will admit this, when Old Town Road came out, I was like, this is charming, but this is going to be a one-hit wonder situation. There's no way this has any type of legs. I'm d- I'm just completely honest here. Big same. Obviously, I was wrong, and I've never been more delighted to be incorrect in my life because every single thing he did for this album, my exact my response every time was, he is killing it. He is, like it is perfect. Everything about this from the delivery to his clapbacks on social media to his tie-ins with product endorsements. Like he's just doing such a good job of this that I'm in awe of him. All of that aside though, the music is amazing. Like Industry mm-hmm. Baby is a great song. That's what I want is a great song. Like he's just uh, we talked a little bit about how Billie Eilish is so inspiring. For me personally, like I, I can't even imagine the power that in not just openly gay black man, but an aggressively gay black man must have to 
other young queer people of color in this world. Like, what a mind-blowing thing. 20 years ago, I never would have imagined this. So, prop, I think Lil Nas X, to me, is like the celebrity of 2021. But that's just my opinion. And I'm going to pass it over. Anybody else have anything you want to say about this? I agree. This album just warms my heart. As as a fellow little a little gay black boy, uh, he it, it really brings so much joy that he is so unapologetically himself. Um, and we, we need this. This is like black boy joy on every level. And I just, I wish him nothing but success and I cannot wait to see what this album will do at the Grammys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's nominated for album of the year and record of the year for, uh, call me by your name. So I hope he wins them both. (laughs) Zach, anything from you? Um, he, he's a marketing genius. Yeah. Everything <laughs> he has done has just continued to send his name into the stratosphere. Whether you, whether you're a fan of his music or not, I, I heard about him partially cause I'm, I'm in the industry, but I mean, when, when he started doing, um, the, uh, the whole promotion with the, the shoes and, um, and the blood that was going to be in them, uh, it was all <laughs> marketing and promoting his name, the, the music videos. Again, so many people upset about him sliding down a, a stripper pole to take on the devil. I mean, Hey, he was doing God's work and taking out the devil. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> Absolutely. People are all, all the new, new Testament. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I don't know that much about his music, but I know he is a marketing genius kudos to him for sure and i mean it's funny because zach you probably remember this kiss did something similar with the blood in the comic book Mm -hmm. back in like the 80s so like it's not like what he's doing hasn't done before he's just doing it better if i'm being honest with you he's he's doing it well by today's standards he is going beyond where a lot of the, the devil music back in the day when it was just rock and roll was the, you know, it was bad. If you listen to rock and roll, oh my gosh. But uh, Kiss has done it. Um, a lot of other bands have done it. And he is going to the next level. And where it is in today's industry, yeah, he's doing it better because the industry has changed. Yeah, for sure. Andrea, anything from you? Uh, I 100% agree with what everyone just said. I, yeah, marketing genius. Uh, for a while, he was posting on Twitter after um, the video for Montero came out of like, oh, they're going to take down my album. Make sure you go download it and stream it and everything. And I was like, all right, I'll go do that. Like, I fell for it. <laughs> um, and it, it was amazing. Um, and I'm with you, Eric, like when uh, Old Town Road first came out. Not only did I think it was going to be a one-hit wonder, I also hated it. Like I was like the only person in my friend group that just did not like that song. Um, and so when he started to come out with uh, some of the stuff from uh, Montero, I was pleasantly surprised. And that song in particular ended up being in, I think, my top 20 tracks for 2021. Love it. Love him. Love this journey for him. Can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, absolutely. So, Zach, you are up. You're going to give us some uh, rock and roll, I think, correct? <laughs> that's that's my area of expertise. I've been in the radio industry for, for a couple decades. I've worked for uh, Hot AC, CHR, Oldies Country, but I predominantly have been in a rock, classic rock format. So that's where, if I'm typically going to listen to something it's going to be a rock or a classic rock because it's what I grew up with. It's what my parents listened to. So for me, it, it, it's what I choose to. But there's a lot of great music out there that, that you have all been bringing that I'm, I'm excited to go listen to. Um, but for let me, let me start with my third album. 
an artist that we play on our station. He's been around for a very long time. Peter Frampton. This is his 18th studio. It's called Frampton Forgets the Words, which is clever because it's all instrumental. So he doesn't have to sing at all. And it was released back in April this year. Contains instrumental versions of some of his personal favorite songs all from other art, artists. He do, he had done a um, an all-blues album back in 2019. It was all blues covers. He also was un, uh, doing a farewell tour, which luckily he got in in 2019, just before the pandemic took off. And then 2020, uh, he did a autobiography, Do You Feel Like I Do? And this album, uh, Frampton Forgets the Word, it is a burst of work in response to him being diagnosed with inclusion body mitosis back in 2014. Now, if you don't know what inclusion body mitosis is, it's a it's a inflammatory muscle disease that affects older adults. It is characterized by slowly progressing weakness in different parts of your body. A big part of it is right in your midline with the proximal muscles and then the distal muscles, which would be your limbs, especially your fingers. Being a guitarist, once he was diagnosed, he knew he was living on borrowed time to do what he loves, which is to make music. So he did his farewell tour. That was it. No one's going to see him live again. And now he's just making music, whether it's new music or covers. He doesn't care. He's like any artist we talk about. He's doing what he loves to do. So he started this looking at all these different um, artists. And it was an album that is rock, but it also pays homage to the artist that he is covering. He's got early career collaborators and friends that are no longer with us. David Bowie, George Harrison, he covers them. He's got um, a, a big fondness and love for Motown. So he covers Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye. He loves the newer rock that goes sometimes a little bit harder than him. Roxy Music, um, Radiohead. He's also got some Alison Krauss in there and Lenny Kravitz. So he took a lot of not just his inspiration, but just music that he listens to. And he did amazing covers of it, making it his own tributes to these artists that he loves, whether they came before him or after him. It's paying tribute and homage to them. And it's a great album cover to cover it's uh how many tracks is it now you know if i was prepared i would have this 10 tracks and comes in at about uh 48 minutes it's great i did not know any of that about his uh diagnosis that's terrible yeah and i'm glad that he was able to do this i i have so much um respect for artists who are at a point where they're just like I'm doing this for me and I don't actually care if this mm-hmm. is commercially successful. I need to make this art. And especially given that information that he's dealing with this diagnosis, that's really powerful. And that's where, that's just where he is in his life. He's best known for his Frampton comes alive back in 76. It's what all the classic rock stations play, you know, 13 minutes. Do you feel like we do? You put that on, you walk down to the bathroom, <laughs> you know, you're covered. You can take a break. Um, he he's a great guitarist and he's just doing what he loves to do while he can still do it. And even, even an artist that I may, I may not like anymore because they changed their music. I still respect them because it's their music. They can do what they want. It may not be what I want and that's perfectly okay. They're doing what they want. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that completely. And, and I think that's one of those things that I've embraced as I've gotten older is it's not for me, but I appreciate that they're, you know, expressing themselves. Literally, mm-hmm. they're artists. That's what we call them. Art is 
what they're wanting to express. So um, does anybody have, has anybody else listened to this album? Andrea, by any chance? I have not, but like Zach, I also grew up on classic rock oldies Motowns. I'm very familiar with Peter Frampton just playing around the house as a kid. Um, and I also didn't know about his diagnosis. Um, so that's definitely heartbreaking to hear just as a, a, from a nostalgia fan factor. Um, but I'm definitely going to go check out his stuff. Um, hopefully he's got more stuff in the vault that he'll release too. Yeah, agreed. Gary and, and Jake, had either one of you heard the album or no? No, I haven't, but I thank you for um, this discussion, for educating me. <laughs> You're welcome. That's part of what we're here to do, right? Honestly, and I'm not even being flippant. Like, I love, that's part of why I love doing these best of episodes is I've, like, I had heard, no, had no idea about um, Ted Lasso until we did our best of 2020 TV, and then it blew up. And I was like, thank God we have panelists who actually have taste who tell me what's going on <laughs> instead of the garbage I listen to and watch. So I'm always so glad that we have this kind of cultural exchange. Um, with that being said, we are going to take a very quick break, and we're going to come back with round two of our top albums of 2021. So we'll be seeing you in a second. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to our second round of our best of 2021 music episode. It's back to the top of the round with Andrea. What's your second album? My second album is Texas by Sleigh Bells. Um, I love Sleigh Bells. And for a lot of people, they if you say the name Sleigh Bells, they're like, who the fuck is Sleigh Bells? Yeah, people know their songs. Um, they had a couple of big hits in uh, like 2009, 2010. Um, like... Crown, uh, Crown on the Ground and Infinity Guitars and Real Real. Um, you know, the, it's this crazy hyper pop punk with some trap and hip hop beats duo and lots of synth and it's loud and it's bone shaking and it's amazing. And the lead singer, Alexis Krauss, she has this like punk vibe to her and I just absolutely adore her. I want to be her when I grow up. Um, but this album is, it, it feels like a return to form for them. Their previous two albums before this kind of got torn up in uh, the presses because they, they uh, uh, pivoted a little bit from their original thrashy hyper pop sound to kind of a softer metal, more rock sound. Um, and it wasn't bad. It just wasn't the Sleigh Bells sound that we had all grown to love. Um, the, song, the, the album's super fast paced. It's 35 minutes long, which is the perfect length for a Sleigh Bells album. Um, the first track, Sweet 75, um, Alexis is chanting, here we go, here we go, your legitimate rock and roll, which again is just another big fuck you to the presses who tore them apart in those previous albums. You know, they were like, uh, this isn't 
the sleigh bells that we know and love. And she's like, okay, here you go. Um, but you can tell that this is what they've been wanting to do the whole time too, is just to make music that they love and that they want to perform. Um, I'm not sure if this album was, I'm not sure how long the album was worked on, but it definitely feels like pandemic work with a lot of relentless optimism versus a more sardonically hopeful lyrics. Like in the song, I'm not down where she sings, nobody cares when a line gets crossed. Nobody cares when a life gets lost and lives do get lost. We got to look out for each other, which, you know, the past couple of years have been tumultuous for everyone in however many different ways. And I just really loved that line from that song. Um, the title track or not the title track, excuse me, the single track from the album Locust Lace is definitely one of my favorite songs. And looking at the Spotify streams of this album, it's just depressingly low. Um, the song has around 960,000 streams compared to those big hits like Infinity Guitars and Crown on the Ground, which have like 11 million each. And in my opinion, this song should be right up there with those mega hits. Um, the hook of the song, she sings, I feel like dynamite. I feel like dying tonight. And it's easily in the most memorable line. And as someone that that lives with bipolar disorder, I just like, I want this tattooed across my fucking face. Um, probably not my face, but I'm probably going to get it tattooed somewhere because I just really love that line so much. Um, and another personal favorite is Rosary. The song is sonically just really interesting because we still have the thrashy hyper pop going on. But she's singing really angelically through most of it, except for the chorus where she sings rip a rosary between your teeth if that's what it takes in your time of need which again two years blah 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 panorama um sometimes you just got to do what you got to do and if that's grabbing a rosary and getting on your knees and praying or if it's tearing apart a rosary uh you know whatever makes you happy in this day and age um and this album is just so uh, iconically a Sleigh Bells TM album. If you fell in love with them in the 2010s and kind of fell off the bandwagon, this is going to be the album that kind of gets you back on. It's loud. It's fun. Um, I'm going to go see them in February. Their tour is vaccine mandatory. So if you haven't had a chance to see them before and you want to have your literal shit rocked, go see them. Um, I listened to this album because of Andrea's recommendation and it did literally rock my shit. It is so good. It is it is wild. Like I, I was just like, I don't know what's happening. I've never been to a rave, but I imagine like I can imagine listening to this to a rave with like glow sticks or whatever. And I'd be like, this is fucking great. It, it, the, the lyrics are really good. The ones that you picked up in the um, I'm not down, especially you are exactly I got exactly like this is such a pandemic song. Like mm -hmm. uh, nobody cares when we're losing lives like and we do lose lives like it, it's really good stuff. And I loved it. I'd been familiar with them before but this was really the first time I spent time delving into them and I love that single too it's crazy to me that it is so low on the on the Spotify yeah because it's a great song the whole album to your point about the rave I've, I always like to describe Sleigh Bells as a band that whenever you listen to them whatever song you're listening to it feels like you just walked into the middle of a party and like it's been going on and it's still gonna keep going on like that's what it feels like to listen to Sleigh Bells for me yeah, it's a really cool band, and I, I'm so glad that you nominated them. Has anybody else listened to this one? No, but I feel like I need to go rave now, so. <laughs> yes. I don't, but I mean, I love getting my shit rocked just as much as Eric, so I'll be down. <laughs> Zach, anything from you? 
I have not listened to it yet. I have heard some songs by by Sleigh Bells, and they always, for me, fell under kind of. I didn't know they were, I guess, noise noise pop. I guess is what they fall under. I always thought they were alternative, which I think is similar, but it definitely has a rock feel to the, to the older Sleigh Bells. I'll, I'll, they're not that old, but older, I'll say. I want to go listen to this album. You sold me, Andrea. Yay. Everyone go listen to it. It's, it's half an hour long. Like You have no yeah. excuse to not listen to it, really. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So I'm up with my second pick, which is There Will Be Tears by Vincent. Um, I had never heard of Vincent prior to this album and the single that they had used, I guess, last year to promote Queer Eye. Um, but apparently he was on some Fox reality competition I'd never heard of called The Four. Like, literally, I'd never heard that this was a thing. But you don't need to know any of that because what you do need to know is that Vincent is amazing. And I think he's an essential new voice in pop music, especially for queer pop music. Um, this is his debut full uh, full length album. And it's just loaded with terrific songs. Higher features Alex Newell, who, by the way, Where's my new Alex Newell album? Uh, I need that in my life. Um, it is just full of soul-bursting joy. Getaway with Tegan and Sarah is more chill, but it's still like evocative and resonant. Hard to Forget is a spectacular post-breakup banger. And while, while it's technically not part of this album, you should also check out the wonderful Be Me, which, as I mentioned before, was used as the promo single for the most recent season of Queer Eye. And it's just uplifting. And that's the thing. Um, this album is dealing with breakups and and guys who who aren't able to commit and feeling blue. But the overarching sentiment that I got with this when I listen to it is just hope and and optimism. There's something about his voice that is just so uplifting. It's kind of got the best elements of R and B in terms of like the storytelling and the the vocal timber. Um, but it's being presented in a much more pop facing format. And for me, it just it worked so well. This is a, a very strong debut album from this artist. And I'm so excited to see what he does next. I, has anyone else listened to this? I have Eric and I known of Vincent um, since their YouTube days before they were on the four, uh, which was a great show. And they did creep on there, I think as their like intro song and they destroyed it, like knocked it out of the park. Um, the album, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Like, it's, his voice is just beautiful. It's like silky and it has the variety of tracks on it. Um, yeah, I definitely think he's a keeper and we need to see more of him in the future. And I'm glad that was your pick. Yeah, it's it's just such a good album. And I, as I mentioned, it's like if, you, if you're queer and you're not listening to this album, I don't know what you're doing because it is made for the queer community, right? It is even the, the, the features on it are very, very LGBTQ. So uh, anybody else listen to this one or no? If you haven't, that's fine. I have not. Nope. No. Well, now you have something to listen to. Speaking of which, though, Gary, it's your turn. What do you got for number two? So my number two is um, this little lady named Cynthia Arrivo. I'm sure uh, hopefully y'all have heard of her. Uh, (laughs) She is a Tony Award winner um, in this little thing called Color Purple. And she won for her vocals. Um, What? Why this is my uh, one of my albums. of 2021 is because this is her debut album. Um, And I have also watched her journey when she was performing with uh, Scott Allen, just doing like, like cameos and things like that. Um, And just to see her blow up and also get her flowers finally um, just warms my heart. Um, 
this album for me, I think it's it's a mixture of like R and B, soul, pop, um, and for me, it shows her range, um, vocal range. She every every track she's she's delivering. Uh, my favorite song is Mama, and it's the last track. So if you have not listened to the album, I would say this one you can also from start to finish. Uh, it's great storytelling as well. Um, but Mama is it's obviously about her mom. And it's just the vocals. It's just something about it so pure. Um, and just, it really, I I think, shows the essence of who Cynthia Revo is. So the album is called Chapter One, Verse One, or CH1VS1. Um, and I'm just beyond excited just to see where Cynthia takes off um, on this side of music. Um, so I just wanted to make sure it was on everyone's radar. Please give her her flowers. And I'll say this, we'll be hearing a lot more from Miss Cynthia very soon because she has been cast as Elphaba in the Wicked movie. That's true. Opposite Ariana Grande as, uh, uh, God, Kalinda, my God, I have total brain right there, as Galinda. And I think she's just going to explode. Oh, she is. And I I agree. What was really wonderful about this album for me, I was kind of expecting it to be more broadway given her background, but it w- it has such a wide variety of different type of songs on it. And yes. um, I knew she, her voice was going to be amazing. Of course it was, but I, I loved seeing all these different kind of shades to her as an artist. It was very exciting for me. Um, anybody have anything else to say about that one? Or do we want to move on to Jake and Abba? Uh, the only thing I'd heard, she's going to be in Pinocchio, right? The movie? She, she she, I think she's the fairy. There's a fairy in Pinocchio, right? Yes, there is the blue fairy in Pinocchio. Yes, I think I think that's who she's playing. Oh, look at her. So she's gonna have a very big year. Yes. I'm excited. That's exciting for her. Jake, do you want to take us on a voyage with Abba? Ah, oh, took the words right out of my mouth. I All know right, I'm such a cheese ball. But it's Abba. <laughs> it, it goes with the territory. No, absolutely. And what I love about Abba, and I guess, you know, music in general, is that it is transcendent. I mean, everybody on a global scale knows Abba uh, from every generation, and that is because of their timeless hits, but also because of movies and the play Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia 2. Um, also, when how I got introduced to, to Abba growing up, um, maybe Gary, you might remember, is with the A-teens, there was a, yes. a group of Swedish teenagers <laughs> who came out in the late 90s, early 2000s, and did covers of uh, of, ABBA, of different Abba songs. And so that's how I got introduced <laughs> to Abba. I was convinced they were actual clones of Abba. I, like, I thought that there's some factory <laughs> over in Sweden well, that, that had Ace of Base and then the A-teens. A- uh, yeah, I think they all came out like an Ikea factory, you know, <laughs> um, just like on a conveyor belt where they just put out like, you know, blonde haired pop stars one at a time. <laughs> you get free meatballs. You have to put them together yourself, but it's very affordable. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> very DIY. Um but speaking of like you know avatars they do have a live residency coming up in 2022 in london where all of the four um members of abba um created uh their own different um avatars so that they can live on on tour forever <laughs> which means you know that they are will uh, future generations will still have the same love and admiration for them i hope um a- as we all do um I, I i'm sorry do you need to interject because i think it is a missed opportunity to not call them avatars as opposed to <laughs> avatars and whoever is in charge of their marketing Genius. needs to get their shit together like come on <laughs> but also like 
it's this is how the matrix starts folks is holograms of abba um and i'm okay with it you know if i'm gonna be turned into a human battery give me dancing queen i'll take a chance on it Um, (laughs) (laughs) i was reading an interview that abba like a few years ago said that they actually don't like the name of their uh, of their group so it is an acronym for uh the four members um agathenia bjorn bjenny and um freed any freed anna freed um so um and Fun fact, they did all, uh, the two were couples uh, that originally, and then they did, you know, split up in 1983, and that's when the the band uh, did split up. And they haven't released new music in 40 years, and that's why I was so excited when Voyage um, was announced, because there's never really been a comeback quite like this. And I think when, I mean, we were talking about an artist who comes out, like, you know, every five years with music. I mean, talk about, you know, four, four freaking decades. And what I was so incredibly happy with is that their sound was still very much ABBA, still very much incredible. And just they sounded like like no time has passed, which was amazing, uh, you know, for people who just can't, had gone from singing in their, you know, 30s to their 70s. It's, it's amazing that thou... Um, how ABBA-like they still sound. Some of my favorite tracks are I Still Have Faith in You, which is actually uh, nominated for Record of the Year at the upcoming Grammys. It's their first Grammy nomination. Um, I cried when I heard it. It's such a beautiful, um, powerful ballad. Um, My second favorite song on the album is When You Danced With Me. Um, It's kind of a reflection of kind of what ABBA has gone through. One of the lyrics is, you know, I miss the good old times when you danced with me, kind of reflecting on, you know, their journey back when they were a young band, um, you know, in Sweden and globally, um, you know, kind of to where they are now. And it's so nice that they chose to release this music, you know, in this year. I think we needed ABBA more than ever. At least I certainly did. I mean, I always need ABBA, but especially in this time. And I was just so, I could not have been happier with this record. It is one that I listened to from beginning to end. Um, And it's not a long album. There's only like 10 or 11 songs. And so, um, you know, like Andrew, what you were saying, it's just like an album that you really have no excuse not to listen to after this podcast. Because if you don't, I'll hunt you down. There you go. I, I will say this. Um, when I first heard that they were releasing new music, I think I audibly gasped because who saw that coming? Like, is that on anyone's 2021 bingo card? ABBA comes out of cold storage after 40 years <laughs> and puts out new music. That's incredible. And no, I think it was actually on my bingo card next to Nicki Minaj's Cousins Balls. Oh, okay. There you go. Well, bingo. Congratulations. <laughs> but I will say that when I first heard those first two singles, which were I Still Have Faith in You, and don't let me down yes what i appreciated so much you're correct like those harmonies are exactly what they were but they were not trying to pretend that they were still in their 30s it's abba but it's matured and it's not mutton dressed as a lamb do you know what i mean which is something that i'm not going to name other pop stars that maybe have been accused of this but i think we can make some you know uh accusations but i loved how um they weren't trying to be anything that they that they aren't and i it, it's mm-hmm. just lovely it's just such a lovely sound and I, I i choked up a little i watched the press conference when they were doing the, the the reveal and everything and um yeah we needed this you're exactly right we needed this did anybody else listen to this album this year or no 
Not not this album. We we play ABBA on uh, the light AC station that I also program, but um, that most of that is old, and we have a little bit of contemporary stuff. But we play the older original ABBA. I think that your listeners, I I don't know your listeners, but I would assume if they dig original ABBA, they would probably like "Don't Let Me Down," especially, um, which feels to me like a '70s song, but today. Yeah, I really like Waterloo. I yeah. don't know. I just I get that vibe, and you know, after all these years, they're still refusing to surrender. <laughs> That's right, exactly. <laughs> still facing our Waterloo's. Uh, Zach, how about you? What's your second pick? So my second pick, uh, I am going to go with a band that I've I've been a fan of uh, for a while. Um, Dave Grohl's been a part of two bands, Nirvana originally, which uh, I, I enjoyed. But once uh, af- after everything happened with Kurt and they moved on to Foo Fighters, I was a big fan of of that band. And this past year, right way back in February, they released Medicine at Midnight. It's their tenth studio. It. It's be a, it, it was one of the albums that had to be pushed back. Originally, it was going to be coming out in 2020, but this little thing called the pandemic kind of screwed everything up for, for a lot of people. And it sh- it's slight shift on the style that they were putting out. They took their usual rock sound and they took elements of what um, Dave kind of describes as uh, dance rock and pop. Um, writers have described it as an alternative rock album, a hard rock, a power pop it's it's got a variety of different songs on it. The title track, Medicine at Midnight, it, it's an interesting thing I didn't know I needed in my life. Uh, disco loops and acoustic guitar. I didn't know that was a combo that I needed, but um, but it's a, it's a very decent, decent song. Cloud Spotter, it incorporates um, a little bit of Lowrider with the cowbell. Yes. They dabble. Yeah, yes, you picked I up was, on that? I did. I literally was going to mention, like, literally listening to that song. I was like, oh, my God, it's kind of giving me Lowrider. <laughs> it was, I thought to say, well, Lowrider is such, is so well known for the, you know, the cowbell in the song, but also the SNL skit. It's embedded in all of our brains. Um, another song that I like, No, no Son of Mine. Um, Dave works in uh, uh, great vocals. They have gospel vocals. They have, I think, what can be described as, um, video game sound effects that they sprinkle in there. It's a great album that I really enjoyed cover to cover. It sounds like Foo Fighters, but a little bit different take. And there is the upbeat, fast rock kind of dance pop, which you could hear in a club. But then there is also some some good um, tracks that it's okay to just sit back and enjoy. Chasing Birds is a nice slow down it's near the end of the album but it's a nice easy listen i think so i listened to this album because you nominated it i had not listened to it before and i agree with everything you said this is going to be the douchiest thing i will say and hopefully ever on this podcast but (laughs) it was a little bit like enjoying a nice like red wine where you're like oh i'm getting notes of citrus oh i'm getting notes of oak you know like that that that's the most pretentious thing i swear i'll ever say on this thing that's a wednesday night (laughs) (laughs) like that like seriously like uh, you could hear all these different really interesting uh, influences in the different songs and you mentioned the disco loops uh i don't know if you're aware of this but they have a side project called the dgs where they do bg's covers yes and they really released an entire album this year called hail satin and it's great it's like literally the foo fighters doing bg's music and it's awesome awesome Awesome. I so, did not know that. I want to check that one out now. Oh, totally check it out. It's it's a blast. Um, but like you could hear all these different genres. Like mm-hmm. there's blues influences in this album too. I, I loved it. The Foo Fighters have been consistently good since the 90s. 
and I ask you, tell me another rock band specifically that has been consistently good for 30 years. Uh, currently, well, it, it just straight rock. Uh, I don't, I can't think of one. Dave I Grohl, can't. I think, is really the face of today's active rock. When you look at what rock is, um, the rock genre. You you touched on this last year that you needed rock. Um, you know, from 2019 into 2020, and the pandemic messed a lot of that up. But uh, Foo Fighters are consistent. They're they're just there. They they are what they are, but they're not afraid to do something a little different and go over the line. Like I think they did with medicine at midnight. I think they, they went over the line a little bit outside their bubble. And I think it's a great album. Yeah, I agree completely. Andrea, had you happened to listen to this one? I did. And I love, uh, president of rock and roll, Dave Grohl, just as much as anyone <laughs> else does. And the Foo yep. fighters, they, they were one of my favorite bands for a very long time. Um, I listened to this album back when it came out in February and didn't love it the first couple listens. And I kind of put it away and I was like, okay, that was a Foo Fighters album, but I I, I do want to go back and listen to it now with this new perspective. And I just looked at it as another half hour long album. So again, I have no excuse to not revisit it. Um, No son of mine was definitely one of those songs that stood out for me on that one. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, Gary and Jake, I'm going to guess this isn't your, your uh, kind of wheelhouse, but did I ever happen to listen to it? I have not. I have not either. Shame on me. Yes, and that's funny Jake. because one of the, the, the lead single was called Shame Shame. So there you go. <laughs> April knew this was coming. Maybe we have. <laughs> it did. All right. With that, we're going to take another quick break and we're going to come right back with our <laughs> final round of picks for the best albums of the year. We'll be right back. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. We are back with the final round of our Best of 2021 music episode. Before we wrap things up, I want to ask our panel, where can people find you on social media? Andrea? I'm available for cyberbullying at twitter.com. My handle is at Dre Souffle. Do not cyber bully my panelists. They are all <laughs> lovely people. That's my job. Uh, Gary, how about you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Gary Music Man J or over at Twitter um, at Gigi Eureka. Great. Jake, how about you? Uh, you can slide into my DMs anytime on Instagram at JTaysu underscore and on Twitter at Jake not from State Farm. <laughs> and Zach, how about yourself? Uh, you can predominantly find me on Twitter. Uh, my my handle is Zach Deuce at Z-A-C-K Deuce. Or if you say anything 
if you throw a rock on Twitter and hashtag podcast, you'll hit me. I'm there. <laughs> and we're very grateful for that. Uh, and you can find me at Eric Resniak on all of the things. That's E-R-I-C-R-E-Z as in zebra, S as in snake, N as in Nancy, Y-A-K, definitely N as in Nancy. <laughs> and make sure you're following at culture underscore debate on Twitter and at great pop culture debates on Instagram. So with that said, let's get into these final picks. Andrea, take it away. My final pick for 2021 is Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Um, I have no idea who this chick is or where she came from. Uh, (laughs) Preliminary research says she's somehow a part of the High School Musical franchise, which is another thing that I'm also entirely unfamiliar with. Um, But regardless, I love this album. It's her debut album. It was written and produced entirely during the great lockdown of 2020. Um, There's a lot of heartbreak, but like the other albums that I've talked about, there's also a lot of fuck you elements to it. Um, From the very little research that I've done on her, she seems like sort of like the antithesis of Billy, where she uh, is definitely, she seems a lot more mild mannered and very like, suburban you know uh catholic school white girl which is fine um and she's very young and this album just screams 17 year old heartbreak album and honestly i love it the opening track brutal is so punk rock (laughs) it really is the guitar riff that opens it up sounds like it could have been written by billy corgan who wrote obviously zero by smashing pumpkins and he did the guitar riff for celebrity skin by hole that opening guitar riff and it sounds like it could have come right out of that catalog in that song she is just very angry about being young and 17 and we were all angry at being young and 17 but i can't imagine being 17 in the 2020s it just seems terrible it seems fucking God, terrible absolutely uh, <laughs> but one of the lyrics in there she says where's my fucking teenage dream if someone tells me one more time enjoy your youth i'm gonna scream yeah we all hated people telling us that when we were kids but again i don't want to experience that in 2020 being 17 sounds terrible so the, the honestly probably some of the worst years of my life was that age and now she's having to do this trying to finish high school figuring out what to do afterwards dating friends etc cetera, etc cetera. it all sucks um the most teen teen girl song that we have on this album is driver's license which was uh very viral on tiktok for a while it's a piano pop ballad and it's literally about how her and her ex-boyfriend were so excited for her to get her driver's license and then guess what they broke up and he wasn't there when she got her driver's license how dare he i know and then it's just her singing sadly about how she still loves him and driving through his neighborhood like a creeper and crying it's great it's melodramatic it's the song that you will sing along to and pretend that you're in a music video it's so good and then there's good for you which was the other viral hit that went around on tiktok and this song i feel like even at my age now, I do really enjoy it and feel some relatability to it because it's sort of that feigned acceptance of moving on from a breakup um, where you act like you don't care, but like you really do care. And it's also the 
embodiment of what too many women go through uh, when they break up with their boyfriend or whatever, and the boyfriend moves on to someone else. And it's like, you put all of this work into the relationship and you put all this work into helping that person get their shit together. And then someone else gets to reap the benefits of all that. All been there, done that. So she screams, uh, good for you. You're doing great out there without me, like a damn sociopath. And she just like screams that at the top of her lungs with no instrumentals behind it, which like, it's not what a sociopath is, but it still embodies the feeling of like, how could you move on so easily while I'm stuck here in misery? And this whole album is just like an emo pop confessional about the tumultuous breakup that you go through when you're 17. She reminds me a lot of, of Billy in that way, where we really get to see this glimpse into the life of a young person in this day and age. And I really can't wait to see how she grows a lot like Billy did between her two albums. Cause I feel like there's going to be a lot of revelations about loving herself and just being able to be happy on your own. And just that growth that comes with age and breakups where you, you learn a lot about yourself and what you really want and need out of a relationship. So I will confess something that I did not get the Olivia Rodrigo thing, like at all. I was like, <laughs> I don't understand it. Like, oh my. I, I wait for it. Wait for it. This story has a happy ending. So I was like, so he dumped you. Get over it and move on. And then I was watching the Alanis Morissette documentary, Jagged. And I was like, oh my God, Olivia Rodrigo is the Alanis Morissette of the 2020s. That's yep. exactly and I almost is. made that comparison when I was writing my notes too. There's just so much anger, like in Jagged Little Pill. It's that yeah. same sort of relationship, post-relationship anger. Yeah. And I was like, no, like they need this. If I'm 17 years old, I fucking need this album. Like it's going to, it speaks to them in a way that Jagged spoke to me. And so I was like, no, I get it now. I totally get it now. Is it melodramatic? Yes, but 17 year olds are melodramatic. That's the mm -hmm. point. And they need yep. to have this outlet. So now I've become a full on celebrant. I love Good For You. I think it was <laughs> written by Paramore, right? I, or they, there it was, influenced. yeah, there was a lawsuit, I think eventually from Paramore and it was decided that the, it was interpolated from one of the Paramore songs. Well, I love it. I think it's a great song. I think she does great with it and I have become a convert. So, um, thank you. I think it's also, if we're being completely honest, probably the album of the year in terms of oh, that and Montero are probably the two mm -hmm. most significant pop culture albums this year, in my opinion. Um, Jake, I believe this was also on your list, your, your, your short list. It was. I love Olivia Rodrigo and I am, you know, familiar with High School Musical starring this uh, <laughs> little known actor, Zac Efron. Um, no, it's, uh, I love her and, and this album was amazing. Andrew, you did an incredible job um, describing it for, for our listeners. I just think that um exactly what you said eric you hit the nail on the head this is for you know 17 year olds who are have a lot of feels <laughs> and are melodramatic and you know she and her and her music are really a microcosm uh for people of her generation i think what they're feeling right now and yeah no it's just a, such a fun album and you know i thought i would get sick of it because it gets so much so much playtime um on the radio but if anything i've come to love it more <laughs> Nice. And uh, Zach or Gary, have you listened to the album? So I haven't listened to the album, but some of the singles, like it was, you know, it was playing everywhere. And I literally was like, 
what in the gay tarnation is going on because all the gays <laughs> were in love with it and, and I was like I don't get it and then I listened to it and I was like oh I like it so I was like reluctantly yeah. into it but I, I, I think it's a good album instead one more thing her last the last song on the album I hope you're okay like made me ball my ass out it's about a song uh, you know and she's singing to you know a former class or someone she remembers from her childhood who had very conservative parents who was open who's you know gay and the struggles that he dealt with and you know wherever he is now she doesn't know but she hopes that he's okay and she's just thinking about him and it's such a a beautiful song and i love um you know i love all the memes that came from it you know she's the new gay icon and it's like a uh there's all these memes of like you know these um uh, like bears during Pride Week, and like there's this like little picture of like you know, girl in the middle, and it's like you know Olivia Rodrigo meeting all of her new fans. But it's, like, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen those memes, but they're really they're really good. And yeah, it is such a beautiful song, and and I love her. <laughs> Zach, did you have any thoughts about this album or no? I haven't listened to the album, but I I didn't realize I had heard Olivia before because uh, I went up and started looking while while you were talking. Going, oh, I have heard this song. I haven't heard the album. She's got a beautiful voice and. As we have all needed coming-of-age movies, this is a coming-of-age album for a different generation. I'm not in the demo, but I can easily see why this has become so popular with a younger generation and everything that they have been going through over the past year. Not just with the current world situation, but just where you are in life. If we can all go back, I don't want to tell you how old I am, but if I go back enough, I could be in their shoes. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think that it's important. Like for me, um, the the elder gays are like, oh god, another one. But no, but seriously, <laughs> like every generation needs that voice, and I think she is that voice for that generation. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to move on to my top album of the year. It's actually a four different EPs from the same artist. Um, the artist is Fickle Friends. They are an indie pop band out of the UK. I don't think they're that well known, but um, my favorite band, Dragonette, appears to have gone. To, it, it's gone. Uh, they broken up, and I'm. I was despondent when I found out about this because I was like, "No, but no, but you're my thing." And then uh, Fickle Friends came in and it slid right into that. Uh, they are a great fit for this, and by my count, they have released four EPs this year alone, and just this week dropped a Christmas single. So I was like, "Come on, content!" Um, and all of it's good. Like all of it's really, really good. This is electro dance pop. It's indie pop, and. I, Almost every single song they release is totally catchy and just gets me right in my sweet spot. Lead singer Natasha Shiner, she has this delivery that's both confident, but it's also cool. It's got great synths and instrumentation, and it's always on point. And just the hooks. If you say to me, what is the thing that you're looking for in a song? It's, I gotta have a hook. And every one of these songs have got hooks. The verses have hooks. The choruses have mega hooks. And they get me. Um, I've been following them for a few years with Swim and Glue, but on all these EPs, which include Weird Years Season 1, Weird Years Season 2, Alone, and Yeah, 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 uh, on all these EPs, they're giving me song after song after song that I love. Not in the Mood, Cosmic Coming of Age, Million, IRL, What a Time, Alone, Turns Me Bad. Like literally it goes on and on and on. But if you're looking for one song to be like, am I going to like this band? I would suggest looking up Pretty Great. It's on the EPs from this year. Technically, it was originally released in 2020, but it is just so catchy. And it seems, this is what pop music in 2021 feels like for me. Um, it's it's speaking to, like, the song um, What a Time is, like, What a Time to Be Alive. And literally, it's like, what is this fucked up world? But also, you have to go on with your regular life, right? Um, 
to me, it just it all works and it's really, really well done. I love this band. I think they have a full length coming out next year. Cannot wait to hear it. Has anyone else listened to them or am I alone in this? I think it's just you. I'm alone. You but that's one of their songs. Island. And you should, you, I am alone. And in that song, like the lyrics are literally like, everybody, everyone going to shake their booties down in the basement tonight. Like that is the type of pop that I want in my life, especially in 2021. So if you've not listened to Fickle Friends, please find them. They are tremendous. I'm going to move on to Gary, your final pick for 2021. So my final pick to wrap up my R&B and soul is... Giveon, um, his album is called When It's All Said and Done, Take Time. So he has an album that's, I think, I believe it's When It's All Said and Done. So this is like kind of part two of it. This man's baritone vocals is just dripping all over this album. It is the sexiest, just like chill, West Coasty vibe. And something about him, he's just like, ugh, yes. Gay Awakening, if I haven't had one already. <laughs> I think every morning you wake up to a Gay Awakening. Gary. I think so. Gay Awakening, Gay Awakening, and some bubbles. That's it. That's that's <laughs> my my mo. But what I love is that this is um, it's another album that you do listen to start to finish, because this his storytelling it weaves like this. Uh, his mom is, is like in an intro and she's like talking to him about his, her concerns. Like, I think I heard gunshots and stuff like that. So it just kind of like weaves into like his upbringing to like uh, relationships and then to him just really kind of being cocky in like a sexy way uh, of just like saying like, basically, I know I'm your best. So yeah, cocky, but maybe a little like, okay, settle down, but it's so sexy. Um, what else did I love about this album? Oh, yeah. And it's romantic. And like he writes um, his music. So his like songwriting skills, his vocal abilities. And it's just something about it's very authentic. Um, and he's also up for album R&B album of the year. So he's going against my girl, Jasmine Sullivan. So I'm rooting for both of them. I'm rooting for anybody um, whose name is Jasmine Sullivan or Giveon um, at the Grammys. <laughs> And the last thing is that he peaked at number 35 on the Billboard's 200. So if you have not checked out his album, vocals, male vocals, R&B, baritone um, voice, I would say give him a chance. Um, it's beautiful. I mean, most of y'all probably heard um, the Heartbreak Anniversary is his um, single. So check out the album. It's worth it. Thank you, Gary. I, I will say that that's one of the only ones on this list I haven't listened to yet, so I'm excited to listen to it now. It sounds like it's rich and, uh, as you said, an awakening. I could use one of yes. those. Yes. So thank you. <laughs> Jake, your final album of the year. Uh, my final album of the year is Love for Sale by uh, Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett. And what I love about them is that this is their second album together, as we all know, their first jazz record, um, which also garnered a Grammy uh, for Best Pop Vocal Album, Cheek to Cheek, um, was such a success that they chose to do another one together. Um, and it's Tony Bennett's final album, and I think as we can all agree, he is one of the most acclaimed voices of uh, of our t uh, singers alive. Um, and it is exactly the kind of music that I think Lady Gaga loves to sing, even though we think of her as a this over-the-top pop star, which she is, you know, going from 
doing Rain on Me and Poker Face, and then she can do Cheek to Cheek or a jazz record uh, with Tony Bennett. I love how versatile she is, and I love that the two are musical companions. I mean, they could not be more different from each other, right? But I also think that's what we were speaking to earlier, how music is transcendent, and especially, you know, between these two, um, these singers, how... Um, the connection that they have, they're not just musical companions, they're genuinely friends. Um, and I think their relationship and their closeness, really, you can tell um, in, in the music that they make. And this record is all Cole Porter songs, who is extremely, you know, a famous composer doing everything from Anything Goes um, to Silk Stockings. He's just, um, I mean, everybody is familiar with the work that he's done. And they, one of my favorite songs on the album, not just the title track, is De Lovely. I go around the house singing it like every day, like, it's De lovely it's delirious it's delicious and that's just like you know thinking about taco bell um but it is a perfect farewell for this legendary crooner um as it was you know his family released earlier this year he is suffering from alzheimer's and uh this is his final album um that he will that he you know that he'll release and is nominated for album of the year and record of the year for i get a kick out of you so i'm glad to see that he is getting that respect for uh you know his last uh, release and it's just it's nice to see him go out on top and to you know lady gaga did this amazing interview with um anderson cooper on 60 minutes about their farewell performance at radio city music hall um and she says even though seeing you know the people that you change that you love uh, change. It's beautiful to see that you know you can still be incredible. And what was amazing is that Tony Bennett um, performed at Radio City Musical Hall, Radio Radio City Music Hall, his um, the set from Love for Sale, um, and he did not. Um, he remember I he. And this is somebody who, you know, sometimes doesn't even know what day it is. But when he goes out on stage, he is a performer. And that is what's so amazing about music and just knowing who you are is that even somebody with advanced Alzheimer's, music can transcend that because um, it taps into more, you know, than just lyrics and melody. You think about where you were when you, you know, heard a song that you love or where you uh, were when you performed it, much like Tony. And so it all comes back to him, even in the midst of Alzheimer's, he can go up on there and sing an hour from the Great American Songbook and completely kill it. And I think that is just amazing to see how, um, you know, the power of music and it, you know, it's definitely, um, you know, something that, um, that I, I was completely moved by. And I think um, that I, it's just, uh, it was, it was a really amazing album. And, and me, I don't even listen to jazz that much. Like I said, I'm a very, I listen to contemporary pop. Um, but I think, you know, regardless of what music that you listen to, you can still find room in your, you know, musical catalog to appreciate uh, this great body of work. Yeah. It's such a lovely album, Jake. I'm so glad you put it on this list. Cause it really is. It's, lilting and the thing that makes it so special is that relationship between the two of them i can't remember if it's on this one or the previous jazz album they did together but goody goody is that on this one um i think it is yeah yeah the banter between the two of them is the most charming thing and you can tell they have this really warm relationship like it's genuine and i just i love that this this album is so pure and just so sweet that it I can't say enough good things about it. So thank you for for bringing it up. I really appreciate that. 
Uh, we are going to move on. Zach, you're going to get the final word, our, our last pick of the year. What have you got for us? All right. So this was a debut album, self-titled debut album for Mammoth, WVH. It's founded and fronted by Wolfgang Van Halen. It was released back in June. He is the son of the late guitarist Eddie Van Halen, and Wolfgang was also the bassist of Van Halen from 2006 to 2020. Initially, Mammoth was created as a, a solo project while he was still part of Van Halen prior, prior to their disbandment and following the death of his father back in 2020 he began to focus more on this product where he performs everything all the instruments he's vocals he's guitars he's bass he's drums he's keyboards it's incredible he, he is a incredible guitarist uh and i wasn't really sure where where the idea for the album or or i really the band came from where the name was apparently eddie his dad the original band he was in was also called Mammoth, which when Wolfgang was growing up, he thought, quote, that is the coolest name. And when he grew up, he wanted to call his band that. So as he continued to grow, Eddie, his father, had, had saw the, the talent that was continuing. And once he was able to start working on this, he started putting it together, doing demos. He presented it to his dad, and he, Eddie was immensely positive and gave his blessing of, yes, go ahead. I would be honored for you to take this this name because the original band that Eddie was in became Van Halen. So it wasn't that the band actually went off and there's other band members going, oh, hey, that's our band name. No, they're, they're everybody else that's, that was left in Van Halen. This album comes in at just over an hour. But it's an incredible album. You get incredible rock, heavy rock, hard rock, but you have some some feeling, some emotions. The first single that was released back in, in 2020 is called Distance. And it was released as a tribute to his dad, who had passed away of a stroke in October of 2020. Eddie had been battling for years with lung cancer. Wolfgang later revealed that he had begun on this many, many years as a, as a coping strategy with his dad's health was, was declining. He knew that there would eventually be, be a time where he would lose his dad, his bandmate and his best friend. And the lyrics, uh, you know, they're, it, it's simple, but it's straight to the point. I'm so happy you found a place that's better for you than this rock we're living on. I'm so nervous, don't know my place, a life without you, I'm not ready to move on. And that that's right near the end of the album. It's a very powerful song. There there are some some other songs that are a little bit slower and melodic, but that one is is my favorite song. I'm all for a kick-ass rock song, but I am all for a medley and or something that's so pure emotion, um, especially if it's for his dad. I mean, when, when Eddie died, an entire generation lost their guitar hero and, you know, and Wolfgang's just trying to get by. Yeah. I will be honest with you. I did not listen to this album yet. It's the other one I hadn't gotten to. Um, and you've just made me absolutely want to go download it because I love Van Halen. I didn't read. I thought it was Mastodon when I first read the, the thing. I was like, oh, I know yeah. Mastodon. Yeah. I'll, I'll go check that out. And now I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't realize it was Van Halen's like the son of Van Halen, who uh, 
obviously Eddie Van Halen is, is amazing. And if you weren't alive in the eighties and you're not aware of his incredible guitar prowess, I'm sorry for you because my God, there, there was nothing like it. Um, and I've, I've been reading and hearing that, that Wolfgang is very much cut from the same cloth as his father. So he is. thank you. I will 100% check that out. Andrea, had you happened to listen to it? I know that again, you enjoy rock. I have not listened to it, but just listening to Zach read those lyrics, I was like getting choked up. Um, and now I, I'm going to go listen to it later today, probably. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. I, I love this when we are introducing people to new albums that they're like, yeah, I had never would have heard of this otherwise. So that's the point of these episodes. You all did an amazing job with that. Um, thank you very much. Those are our picks. Did you enjoy, did you listen to any of them? Do you have your opinions? Is there something else we missed? This episode is just the beginning of the discussion. Let us know your favorites on social media and at greatpopculturedebate.com. A big thank you to our panelists. You guys picked a great diverse group of albums for people to check out and a huge thank you to zach zach tell people where they can find you one more time uh pretty much twitter you can find me at zach deuce uh, on there and i'm always sharing whatever podcast i may be uh, tolerated by including this one well thank you very much for that and you all better buckle up because the great pop culture debate has plenty more for you in 2022 come right back to greatpopculturedebate.com after the new year as the polls for season 5 will be open for your votes we're talking best HBO original series best boy band best 1990s sitcom and best 1980s soundtrack just to name a few and if you enjoyed this episode make sure you check out our other best of 2020 episodes excuse me 2021 episodes devoted to TV and film. They'll be releasing the last week of 2021. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or Audible, and that you follow us on social media for all the latest news. And if you haven't supported us on Patreon, what are you waiting for? There's so many great perks, and we'd love to have you as part of our little podcast family. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening and looking forward to a bigger and brighter 2022. And seriously, we mean it this time, universe. Thanks for now. And remember, everyone is entitled to the wrong opinion. Opinion.